Here we are. What to do? <laughs> back at it again. Yeah, welcome. I feel like back. I always say that when I'm back on the show. Like here I am, back again. Back at it again is like a millennial, a very millennial meme. Is it? You know, like back at it again with the white bands. I guess. Yeah, we just lost all the Gen Zers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, but it feels good to be back on the show. Every time I'm not on a show, every time I'm watching people on it, I get a lot of FOMO. I always I think you. of stuff I wish I could say and not have the other people say, but not yeah, that like, they how don't dare do a good I job. Talk about Kourtney Kardashian. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more I could have said about that. So I feel good about um, being on the show today. I think you could use calm chamomile tea today. I do not want chamomile tea. I think I'd rather just have it um, no tea, just hot water. The people are here for the tea, Mincy. Also, if you're watching this live, you might have noticed that we have a little upgrade to our set. We are so much more official now with our podcast mics. We're trying to make this a better audio experience for those who listen to the replay on podcast platforms. So every Friday, that's why. So if you actually are not the type to watch something live, make sure you check out the replay on Fridays and now it'll sound really good. So how do I sound? I don't know. I don't have the Probably good. headphones. Yeah, I know. Um, actually, maybe I'll do mint. Yeah, do mint. That's what I did. Make you feel good. Yeah. So, so um, uh, yeah, before we get into the stories today, I got to say, usually we're like, I'm feeling good. How are you? But this week I just feel tired. Yeah. And it's been a heavy week. Um, it's been a tough week, a week we're all grieving. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah. We got some news about that. So, yes. I mean, heavy week because of what's happened in the U.S., but also just in general, it feels like a busy time. Mm-hmm. And it's a short week too, which is always feels stressful. Everyone, there's a huge conversation about people who want a four day work week and I'm not into that. Every time that we have a four day work week, it's so stressful. It's hardest when it, the day off is the Monday because then you just go into the week behind. Right. Because you're starting on Tuesday, a day late, but I find it's a lot more achievable for some reason when Friday is the day off. Hmm. So maybe there's something to, to that. Like obviously to really make a four day week work week, achievable it kind of feels like everyone needs to subscribe to it but if we were to give it a try i feel like friday is the day to either cut off completely or cut off early yeah i don't know people just slow down on friday anyway towards the weekend i don't like short sprints i'd prefer more time but Mm. yeah but you you do a lot i do if you worked a normal job description you'd probably be down for four (laughs) weeks maybe yeah Anyways, um, if you're new here every week, we'll come at you with a main story covering some sort of marketing angle or news. It could be a summary of new technology, what's going on in the industry, or trends that we're watching. You can catch a show on Instagram live at 12.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11.30 a.m. PST, or 2.30 p.m. EST. Or, like we mentioned, you can catch a replay every Friday morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Bada bing, bada boom. Yeah. So our first story of the week Uh, We're going to be talking about The Onion. Uh, Of course, we all know that there was a mass shooting at an elementary school in Texas this week. Um, Lots of conversations happening out because of that news. Um, But I do want to highlight that The Onion, which is a satirical news publication, came out with the same story today. The same story they come out with every time there's a mass shooting. Um, And it's the same headlines, which I'll read to you shortly. But what they did is they basically took over their entire website and showed every single headline that they've had to publish over and over again. The headline says, no way to prevent this, says only nation where this regularly happens. Yeah. And I just thought it was 
such a clever and like on brand way to speak to something that doesn't need to happen over and over again. Also show how many times they've had to share that headline. Um, So really sad, but way to go onion. Yeah. Head over to their homepage and check it out or even their Twitter feed. I know they were tweeting a different story with the same headline from the last, I think it's eight years, every minute. And it actually took a long time to scroll through all the stories which is absolutely heart-wrenching. Yeah, and the first time they published that headline was in 2014, which is the attack on Isla Vista in California that mm-hmm. killed six people. Um, and they've been doing the same story ever since with every mass shooting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading on Instagram uh, a, a, basically a letter from a girl to her mom who was one of the teachers that was killed in the shooting, and it was absolutely heart-wrenching. So sad. Um, but yeah, I, there's no other way to say it. It's like, sad it's heartbreaking Uh, we just really hope that there's a clear path this time to change and obviously it's complex Um, there's a whole lot of different factors that go into it beyond gun control like mental health and even i know pharmaceuticals really play a a factor as well uh, because a lot of the the mass shooting occurrences have been young males on some sort of pharmaceutical drug but that doesn't mean we don't need to change gun laws so i hope there's some sort of starting point at a politician, political level, that can at least make it harder starting as soon as possible to get an automatic rifle or a semi-automatic weapon. Yeah, you can only hope. On a lighter note, um, it's so crazy that The Onion is still publishing. I actually used to every day physically pick up a physical copy of The Onion when I lived in D.C. And they're free, or they used to be free at least, and they used to print them every single day. And it was just so fun to read because every headline is like, satirical it's totally made not made up but like based on actual events so i just it's also nostalgic and cool to see the onion still making waves that way yeah and contributing to the narrative not just in a like a tongue-in-cheek way but in a in a punchy way that actually gets you thinking Mm -hmm. like they're contributing to potential change here so it's good to see that um should we change direction for another story let's lighten things up around here so our next story is about chipotle we all love chipotle um, and we've been talking quite a bit actually on, on Tea for Lunch about Web3 and the metaverse and all of that interesting stuff that none of us understand. <laughs> um, but recently, Chipotle got into the mix. So uh, for any of the sports fans watching in the last NFL season, um, there's a specific group, I believe they're called Famous Group, that does some AR and augmented reality and mixed reality kind of activations. And so they worked with the Carolina Panthers at the time to have a, a huge like virtual reality panther that would like climb around the stadium during the game. Uh, And it was really interesting, got people talking. But then recently in the NHL playoffs, Chipotle got involved with this group, uh, this media group to try some mixed reality of their own. So they partnered as well with the Avalanche and the St. Louis Blues. And during the game last night, they had um, an activation which they call mixed reality. So for anyone who doesn't understand what mixed reality is, um, it's when you're kind of bridging the gap between commercial time on television and programming time, which is the actual game and like the broadcasters and stuff like that. So traditionally, most of the time, um, commercials happen during commercial time, Mm -hmm. whether you're watching a game or a TV show or whatever. But now we're starting to blur the lines there. So what happened in the game last night was that um, during one of the commercial breaks, it actually came back to programming and made it feel as if we were returning to the game for a face-off or whatever. But instead, a virtual Zamboni came out pushing a huge burrito bowl, branded <laughs> Chipotle, and it pushed it to center ice. And then a huge like hockey glove came out of the ice, grabbed it, 
and took it away. And the broadcaster was involved in it and everything kind of like giving a play-by-play of what was happening. So it's this cool kind of next step as brand, we see more and more brands start to explore what the metaverse can really look like. These are all just kind of like one-off siloed activations. We don't have this whole like metaverse reality just yet. And I don't know that it'll be here that quickly, but it's interesting to just see um, the people that are early adopters here, the brands that are earlier early adopters and how they're kind of playing with this mix, an unpredictable mix. Yeah. I, I just like, whenever I hear metaverse and augmented reality, I'm just kind of like eyes glaze over like... <laughs> I'm just not there. But is augmented reality or AR just like animations? Like, because what actually happened was like you were watching TV, you're watching the game, and this like animation showed up in the ice. So that's like really what it is. Yeah, it's basically, it's like there's different types of animation. You can have flat animation, which is more like 2D, which is on like a social graphic, for example. Um, But this is more of like a 3D, almost like real life kind of experience so it's more of like a 3d projection or like hologram kind of kind of approach yeah so it feels like it could be something you're seeing for real yeah i mean cool for them to do that <laughs> it's just not for me good for them <laughs> yeah i feel like you just need to see it to understand it so i know you- but i did i did see it um but i just wasn't like like i'm just not like in awe of virtual reality in the way that other people are. Like, I don't know. I accept that. Sorry. It wasn't my idea. I'm just I know I'm late to I'm the party. On it, so but maybe maybe one day I'll be proven wrong. <laughs> well, I mean when you can try something on from one of your favorite brands in like a augmented reality kind of environment, that might be pretty cool without having to go to the store. Even that I'm just kinda like, but this isn't real. <laughs> yeah, but it can be tr- like pretty true to real life. Can it? True to size. We'll see. As they say. Um, okay, let's jump into our last story here. It's Glossier founder Emily Weiss steps down as CEO. Um, she shared on her Instagram and also in a company blog post on Tuesday that she is stepping down as the CEO and instead appointing Kyle Lehay, who is um, who joined Glossier as the first chief commercial officer. She has a really impressive background. She worked at Nike, Cole. Cole Hahn, American Express, and he spent her career strategizing and aligning operational execution to build expertise, values, and maximize brand potential. So this is a big deal because Emily Weiss, like so many of us who are like a millennial woman, remember the impact uh, Glossier had on the industry. It was the first D2C consumer brand that really made a mark in this space. They basically wrote the playbook on how to use social media to sell products and create like a brand. Really um, leverage UGC. Totally. They did so many things right. And obviously <clears throat> our our whole industry has evolved a lot with new platforms and things like that. But it's just crazy because Emily Weiss was so pivotal to that entire movement. She not only started Glossier, but she also started Into the Gloss, which is mm. where Glossier was first out of. It was a blog where she would highlight and go into people's closets and check out their beauty stash. And then from there, she built such a huge community that it turned into actually creating products, which turned into Glossier. So um, I have so much respect for Emily Weiss for being the founder of such an incredible brand that has such a big impact. Um, But also I have a lot of respect for her for just like getting out of the way and recognizing that, you know, you don't have to be the founder that brings your company to the next level. Like you can, it's so wise to recognize that there's someone who's maybe better suited to doing that and who has experience doing that. Um, So 
props to her. She's also expecting her first child, which mm. I'm sure maybe it ha- played a role in this decision. But um, yeah, I'm excited to see this next move from Glacier. Yeah, I think I'm excited too, because I, I feel like a lot needs to change. And that's not a criticism to Emily Weiss. I agree with you that, it, that you need to know when to get out of the way and, and make room for people that can take things to the next level. But obviously, like there has been negative things happening to or around Glossier for the last couple of years, whether it was having to shutter all their retail stores during the pandemic or some of the some of the complaints that came out from staff and creators around um, racist business practices during the BLM movement and things like that. So um, that's not to say that is all Emily Weiss's fault, but I think there's definitely moves that need to be made with this new change in leadership to kind of restore the brand um, and their relationships with their customers. Yeah. I don't really think that's very fair because one thing that I'm seeing with Emily's stepping down from CEO is like a lot of these publications are painting as like, what did she do wrong? And like pointing fingers. But I don't think like that this move is necessarily because that she's trying to like course correct or change things. I think it's more of like she even wrote in her blog that they're still such a young company. Like they're going to be around for a hundred years and they've only been around for seven. So she's not the person to take them from eight to a hundred. She's the person that took them from one to seven. So I don't, I, I just like know that for women who are CEOs in such a public company who are also raising money and also face criticism, there's no business that's perfect. It's just unfortunate to see this kind of move like kind of framed in a way that's like, what did she do wrong and good things out of the way. So Glossier can thrive the way it's meant to, which isn't really like what actually is happening. Yeah. I think we're both on the same page. I just feel like there's moves that need to be made for Glossier to be more relevant again. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Fun. Well, now that we've wet your palate, go eat something more substantial. See you later.